Hey everyone, it's your boy Swamp Dweller here, back with another video. This is the last video I'm recording before Hurricane Ian comes and slaps us up here in Florida. So, by the time you see this, it'll either be here currently slapping me, or it'll already be gone and my booty will be red and sore. But don't worry, we're taking precautions and hopefully we will be safe. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story. These stories are unexplained, more of the paranormal, supernatural nature. From creepy encounters with alleged ghosts to demon possessions and everything in between, these stories will truly freak you out. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories. Something follows me around my basement, and it's finally gone upstairs. By Sleepless in the Know. Something follows me around my basement, and it's finally gone upstairs. I've always told my friends that my house is haunted. It used to be a joke. Keyword, used to be. My basement has always had an odd feeling to it. There's weird noises, temperature fluctuating constantly, and there's always these strange echoes. Sometimes when I walk around... I hear someone, something walking right behind me. At first, I assumed it was just an echo, but it never happened consistently. Regardless of how numerous, perfectly rational explanations for what could be causing the footsteps always creeped into my mind. But eventually, it began to creep me out so much I began a ritual of sprinting up the stairs, throwing open the door, and shutting it behind me as fast as I could. Thankfully, they never followed me up them until last week. My neighborhood was experiencing a power outage at night due to high winds and my phone was about to run out of charge. I remembered a battery charger I had stored in the basement after a hiking trip. I was not thrilled about having to run downstairs in the dark, but I was bored and didn't want my phone to die. At first, everything was fine. I was rummaging around looking for my charger, getting frustrated with myself for not remembering exactly where I had put it. The wind was raging outside, so I didn't hear them at first. The footsteps were walking on their own, coming towards me. As they got louder, I was alerted to their presence and forced myself to turn around. There was nothing but darkness. I bolted upstairs with the footsteps close on my trail but slightly out of sync with my own. It sounded like a heartbeat. Thump, 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 thump. I reached the top, opened the door, and slammed it shut behind me. I heard something bang into the wood, followed by footsteps getting fainter. It had gone back down. I breathed a sigh of relief. F that. I moved a chair under the doorknob just in case. A couple of days ago, I decided to invite some friends of mine over to stay the night. We had been watching old paranormal shows and wanting to conduct our own investigation. I offered up my basement. I hadn't been back since the power outage. We bought a temperature reader, spirit box, and headlamps, as well as we brought our cameras and flashlight. Looking back, it was undoubtedly overkill and a little ridiculous, but the humor of it eased my fears of returning to the basement. I wanted my house back. Two friends stayed upstairs and the other three went into the basement with me. We were cracking jokes in the lead up, but it was clear that the mood was tense. I moved the chair out from under the doorknob and we carefully opened the door and peered inside. Everything looked normal. I let out a sigh. At least the thing hadn't trashed my stuff. Slowly, we all made our way down the stairs. 
We left the lights off and used flashlights to see in front of us. After about a half an hour of fiddling with the temperature reader in the spirit box and getting no significant results, we were about to call it a night. That was until we realized our mistake. We had left the basement door open. We hadn't heard from our two friends who were up there since we had entered the basement, but we were so caught up in our investigation that we hadn't even noticed. The four of us practically threw ourselves up the stairs, calling their names the entire way up. They never responded. We made our way up, only to find an empty room. Our friends had disappeared entirely. No screams, no loud noises, nothing. The police never saw them. Every few days, another person goes missing. Some victims reported hearing footsteps behind them in the lead-up to their disappearance. Every time they appear, they get louder. Please lock your doors, and if you hear something walking behind you, run. Chained Ghost by Single Yesterday 239 I was just telling a friend about the days when I was editing a short film way back at an indie house facility in 2012. It closed at 5pm but they allowed members to work very much after that. The project I worked on was so last minute so I was there late at night very often. Around 10pm I started hearing someone in the hallway right outside the editing suite walking back and forth like he or she was dragging some heavy chains. The floor was made of wooden tiles and a large, old Victorian house turned business facility, so you could hear just about everything. I initially shrugged it off, it's probably just the neighbors, but then it got louder and it started sounding closer, and there weren't any neighbors around, but I needed to finish what I was doing. I was there for a purpose, with everything else being secondary, so it must be the neighbors, if you know what I mean. I opened the sweet door and when I heard and saw something, I opened the sweet door and when I heard and saw nothing, I yelled, Hello? I thought that maybe one or two of the staff members came back because they had forgot something, but there was no response. It kept happening and the intensity of my fear gradually built up, although I started getting irritated at how distracting it was. If my memory serves me well, the whole occurrence, the person sounding like they were dragging heavy chains across the hall, lasted about four to five seconds in total. I decided it was time to open the sweet store before the next occurrence. I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted it to stop so that I could continue my business. When I opened the door midway, the sound came to a halt and there was absolutely nothing and no one out there. I still shrugged it off, just like I did the first time. It probably was just a weird coincidence. But the sound kept coming and I opened mid-occurrence a couple more times with the same result. But this time, my denial was starting to break down and it began to seep in that, hey, it might be a ghost and this place might just be haunted. I started thinking about things people have said, like you're not supposed to acknowledge it because when you do, that's when they begin to mess with you. But I still needed to do the work, so I went back to my thing and told myself that I'd deal with it if it happened again. And within the first few seconds of the next occurrence, I immediately directed the computer cursor to the tools menu to export my work. I didn't even think about it at this point. I just heard it and got so freaked out that my system was like, F this, let's go. I was working on a large file, so it took quite some time to export. While it did, I heard the chain dragging sound a couple of more times. I kept the sweet door closed the entire time and debated leaving through the window. I didn't want to walk through the hall where the sound was coming from to get to the main door. 
I needed to pee too, but I held it. I kept imagining catching a glimpse of feet, the chain, a hand, or something while I was in the stall. Once I wrapped everything up, I basically sped walk my way out of there. I returned the next day around noon to ensure I didn't end up staying late to finish the work. I didn't want to have to be there over the weekend. I just wanted to be free, so I wanted to finish that night, but the ghost just wouldn't let me. I told the desk person what happened and he casually replied, Oh yeah, a few other members told us that they experienced the same thing. Like it was no big deal. Talking to Dead Relatives by Two Ton Hammer Even if this isn't selected, I figured a story involving dreams and meeting two dead relatives and my good friend would at least be worth sharing. They were very personal and aided in helping me grieve as if they knew it was exactly what I needed. Considering it happened three times, I think it's kind of weird. I sadly don't remember the day my grandfather passed, but I remember the reactions. My mother left his room after he told her to go, and he passed immediately after she walked in the door. Of course, we were all devastated by the loss. It's only natural after all. But for me, I, I guess it didn't really hit me as hard because I was so young. I didn't really stick around my grandfather often. He loved to drink and barely ate. The man was a stick figure, but he still loved me, and I, at the very least, respected him. About a week or so after he passed, I had gone to bed. Now, I usually don't even remember my dreams, but this one I will never forget. I was in the park with trees, grass, and a light summer breeze. It was beautiful, and there, sat upon a bench, was my grandfather. He was dressed in a red plaid buttoned shirt, blue slacks, and his signature hat. He sees me, smiles, and waves me over. From that point, it was roughly 20 minutes of us having a conversation about several things, but in the end, we said our goodbyes and I left that park. I awoke with tears and a sense of weight was lifted off of my consciousness. I got to say goodbye to him. Many years later, my grandmother, after beating cancer twice and giving up in the third round, ultimately passed on the cusp of July 27th. The coroner's reports put her death on the 27th, but my family firmly believes it was the 26th. That, however, holds no relevance. A side note involving my mother hours after she passed, I was consoling her in her bedroom when out of the blue a Mother's Day balloon drifted from the ceiling unprovoked and bumped my mother in the back. One last goodbye from my mother's mother. As for me, roughly two or so weeks later, I once again went to bed. This time I could smell cigarette smoke. The only time I'd ever smelt it was because of my grandmother. She lived with us during the last year or so of her life and would smoke in the kitchen, which was next to my room. She'd use an air purifier to combat this. I stepped out of my room and she was smoking at the kitchen table in her red nightgown. She takes a drag and upon putting the cigarette down toward the ashtray, she looks at me and says she forgives me. I immediately woke up crying once again. I loved my grandmother despite her old school antics and to hear her again, even if for a fleeting moment, made me feel at ease. Fast forward to around mid-December, the final message any of our friends would send to another friend who had fallen ill was for him to get better. We'd never hear from him again. It wasn't until Christmas that one of us went to perform a wellness check and found him dead in his room. I felt at a loss. He was 35. It would later be determined it was COVID-related. We tried our best, but it was hard. Then I fell asleep again. My good friend who had passed had a twisted sense of humor. 
We didn't hold anything back between the four of us. My dream that had him was just as twisted as our humor. The biggest takeaway I can give without getting in trouble is he lost a lot of weight. He was overweight like two of us in this four-person band and had found a rather attractive woman. We cracked jokes and had our laughs and as soon as he began to talk about something else, I woke up. I informed the other two groups of friends about what I saw and unable to believe it had happened three times, I know it'll be the deadliest blow to my mental fortitude when my mother passes away. I can only hope I can spend one more time with her in my dreams. A Brush With Death by Sarah Hello, my name is Sarah from Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is a demonic story that happened back at the beginning of August of 2016. This story has given me some form of PTSD and it's just now felt okay to write about it. It was Friday night before my boyfriend Angel's 23rd birthday. He wanted to take some mushrooms to start it off and have a memorable happy birthday, but being happy was not the case a couple of hours in. We asked our friend to bring some mushrooms over, but he got tied up and didn't get over until about 1am. At this point, I was tired after a couple of glasses of wine, so I wanted to go to bed. Angel was completely okay with that and tucked me into bed, told me he loved me, and kissed me goodnight. Before he left the room, he asked if I'd think it would be okay for him to take some Syrian roux with the mushrooms to make it a little bit stronger. I said that should probably be fine. For those who don't know, Syrian roux is something that basically amplifies mushrooms times 10, which I did not realize at the moment. Do not do this, ever, as a warning. I went to sleep and woke up about an hour later with him busting open the door screaming as he threw a cold glass of water at my face. He kept telling me to wake up, wake up. I was terrified as soon as I realized what was happening. He took a glass and walked out of the bedroom and screamed, I am God. He shattered the glass into a thousand pieces across the dining room floor. I slammed the door shut and locked it as fast as I could. I scrambled to find the knife my brother had given me. I had no idea what was going to happen and just wanted to have protection. I sat with my back against the door and could hear him rambling. Then out of nowhere there was silence. I waited a couple of minutes to leave but listened to a loud banging at my door before I walked out. I opened the bedroom door and saw all the broken glass. I was scared but crossed the room barefoot and answered the door. Somehow I did not step on one piece of glass. It was my downstairs neighbor at the door. They said, He jumped and he's not okay. He, he threw the bunny too. I, I was terrified and ran downstairs. My bunny Luna was okay but had a fractured leg that she healed from very quickly. Angel was not okay. I ran up to him with my eyes full of tears. He had broken a rib, punctured a lung, and broken his jaw from a second story fall from the balcony. He was gasping for air and I thought he might die. What I saw next still has me shaken and it's hard to write. I was at his side yelling for him to wake up. He rose like a zombie from a movie with his jaw hanging, still gasping for air. He grabbed my shoulders as hard as possible and screamed as much as possible. You have to wake up. You have to wake up. I was speechless and beat red from crying and the only thing I could yell back was, You hurt Luna! You hurt Luna! The downstairs neighbor ran over to help as another girl called 911. Angel started yelling at them for trying to make a move on me, which they hadn't. But the neighbors backed off and he got up and walked across the parking lot while taking off every piece of his clothing. I dove underneath the car where Luna was hiding, pulled her out, and took her back upstairs. I confined her to a smaller cage until I could find out what was broken and how hurt she actually was. 
After I had washed some of the blood off of me, I stepped out onto the balcony to see what was happening. He was walking butt naked down the road with cars passing by. About 30 seconds later, two cops circled him, stopped, got out of their vehicles, and told him to get on the ground. He just wouldn't comply. I watched them taser him, and he fell right on the ground face first. Everything then fell silent, but he returned as if nothing had happened. They tased him again, but he wasn't affected by it. It took four officers to take him down, and just to inform you, he's only 5'5 five five and weighs 120 pounds. I've never seen paramedics work faster in my life. They strapped him down on the stretcher so quickly that they were probably only there for less than two minutes before they took off to the hospital. While they did that, he let out the most demonic, blood-curdling scream I have ever heard from the top balcony of my apartment. I went back downstairs to inform the police of everything that had happened. The guy from the downstairs apartment was acting very comforting, but not in a good way. He walked me back to my apartment, which has one flight of stairs, and I could tell he was trying to get into my bed. But I told him to go because I was terrified and definitely exhausted. He hugged me for much too long, sensually, and I was incredibly uncomfortable. In a way, Angel was kind of right about that earlier on. I locked every door and didn't sleep more than 30 minutes that night. When he shook me after his fall, the look in his eyes was not normal. It was not him. It wasn't even from this world. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced, and I had never been more scared in my entire life. Don't do drugs, but if you do, do your research and don't mix things you aren't familiar with. I haven't touched a single psychedelic since, and probably never will. Please stay safe and make sure your friends do too. Angel had his jaw wired shut for a month and suffered from a nasty road rash and broken teeth. I cared for him while he healed, and we are still together to this day and even plan to get married. The morning after his incident, I looked for houses to buy and found our home. He was in the hospital when I went to look at it, and I put an offer on it. It was accepted the day he came home, and I cried for roughly two hours straight with pure joy. The blood stain was on the pavement until the day we moved out. I drive by our old apartment every so often to go to work, and the memories still haunt me. Did I see a ghost? By Lana S. Hi, my name is Lana, and this is my story. On July 17th of this year, my niece had come down from Las Vegas to visit us. She had supposedly gone with my son and a friend to one of their friend's house to visit. I was in my bedroom cleaning it up because it was a mess. At one point, I thought I heard something and I thought maybe they had come back. I looked around but didn't see anything, and I knew my son and niece wouldn't be pranking me because at that point they were still rather honest kids. I went into the kitchen and I thought I saw my niece Erin disappear around the corner of the hallway. I went down the hallway and knocked on her bedroom door, but she didn't answer. I even called her name. I went back to my room for another hour or two to work on cleaning it. Simply, I thought I heard a noise, so I stepped into the hallway and called out for my son and my niece, but nobody answered. At this point, knowing I heard something, I went to knock on Aaron's door. I tried to open it, but I couldn't get it to open more than halfway or a foot or so. I was able to stick my head around the door, and in the darkness, I could see her sitting up at the end of the bed. I called her name, but she didn't answer me or even act as if she had heard me. So I went back to my room since I couldn't open her door and got my flashlight. I stuck my flashlight through the door and my head around the door because that's all I could get through and saw she was laying down in the bed. I kept calling her a name, but she just wouldn't answer. I grabbed my phone out of my room and called 911. The operator kept asking to see if she was breathing and I told her I couldn't get in the door. Something was blocking it. 
but Aaron just kept laying on the floor. Finally, the operator agreed to send an ambulance and the police. In the meantime, I was yelling and screaming at Erin to get up, but she was not moving. About this time, I realized there was something on her arm in the back of her neck, which I realized was blood. At this point, I'm just screaming and crying and getting no movement out of her. It has not sunk into my head yet that she may be dead. I grabbed my flashlight, and the operator said the police were coming and went to the front door. Mind you, I live out in the country, and there was only one house and trailer to the left of mine in the woods on the right. I was jumping up and down, yelling and screaming and waving my flashlight, and the police just drove right on by, as if they didn't see me. The ambulance stopped next door as if they didn't see me either, which was strange. An older woman in the nightgown screaming bloody murder, waving a flashlight, and they didn't even see me. So I told the operator that they had all passed my house except for the ambulance that was next door. Finally, the ambulance pulled up, and soon the police followed. I led them to the back bedroom, and then they made me leave. I heard one of them say, She's gone. And they were right. She had to have been gone for a while as rigor mortis appeared to have set in. Her left hand was curled up so tight that it was white. The right hand was underneath her head, with her other hand hung tight in her fist. We suffered a terrible loss that night, but the one thing I'll still never get over is how she had been dead for four plus hours, but somehow I saw her walking through the hallway. Did I see her ghost? Did she already know she was gone? Was she just trying to help me find her body? I don't know. It's one of the strangest things that I can't move on from. I think I'm dying. By Anonymous. First off, I've been seeing things since the days I can remember, and things haven't changed since then. Except for one thing. Things seem to have gotten worse. I now see things every day and everywhere, and now on everything. Let me give you all the details. The first thing I can remember that was scary and strange is lying under my sheets each night seeing tiny lights like worms moving around. That made me itch. At the same time, it scared me way too much to where I couldn't sleep. The second thing was lying on my bottom bunk of the bed in our room, watching TV with my brother PJ, who was on the top bunk of the bed. I figured you'd all guessed already, watching a scary movie on the black and white TV, so you know it was a long time ago, but this movie was about a woman running from some kind of monster from outer space. If I remember correctly, the creature stood like a man but much bigger and had spikes. It kind of looked like a smaller version of Godzilla, but much more malnourished. You get my point. It was a monster. So, the woman was running, right? And the monster was right behind her. She ran past the screen, and just like any other movie, you would expect the monster to do the same. But instead of running past the screen, the monster started climbing out of the TV screen. In real life, it would be a horror movie, but this was something we were experiencing for real. And I can remember the screaming of our stepdad, Casper. I know, I know, not the friendly ghost. I know this is starting to sound crazy, but this really happened to us. Or at least in our minds. Casper ran to the door while the monster was getting out of the TV. I truly remember seeing a vision in my head that the creature was about to kill all of us, but instead it ran and flew out of the closed window without breaking the glass after my stepdad screamed for it to get out. The strangest part about all of this was, other than no one believing us, our stepdad never, ever mentioned anything about that night ever again, and for some reason we never asked him about it or brought it up with him, but we talked about it to anyone who would listen, just not him, the man who saved us. Why? I'm just thinking about that now. 
Why didn't we ask him about it? Or why didn't we talk about it at all? Now that's scary and crazy. Now, I know it wasn't a dream because my brother and I remember it happening the exact same way. We're not even twins. As a matter of fact, he's two years older than me. Now, the third thing I remember in my early stages of life is the day we were all sitting in our mama's room, talking to our dad who was killed when I was too young to even remember him. All of a sudden, the sliding doors separating her room from the living room slid open with a force so powerful that the other doors and windows all shook hard. Man, we were so scared that none of us slept well for weeks, maybe even months. Who knows? All I know is that I was scared for a long time. Even now, I find myself living in fear each day. Then came Grandma's house. See, all the years growing up, my mama always told us about the little man that haunted Grandma's house. We had never seen anything every time we spent a night there. But when we moved in with Grandma after my mama moved to Tennessee to try to make her second marriage work, that's when things hit the fan. It started off when we could hear the running and footsteps of something moving around. Even when we were outside with friends, we could see a curtain moving back and forth like someone was looking out the upstairs window. But when we all ran in and went straight upstairs, nothing or no one was there. But I'm not going to go into the whole story about Grandma's house because it's a whole story in itself. Fast forward to when I'm grown. So I'm grown now, and many things have changed in my life. From mama dying, to prison, drugs, and more. I know for a fact that drugs and spending many years alone off and on in jail are part of the reason why, but things changed the last day I was in St. Louis about to head back to Springfield to be back with my new family after being gone for, I think, about two years. To make a long story short, I believe I died. I've actually seen what death was like, and it's nothing like you think. You know, fire, demons everywhere, or maybe in a cell or something waiting to get tortured or just stuck in eternity. It wasn't exactly like that. You see, I wasn't in a cell. I was stuck alone in the darkness with nothing to see or hear but my own thoughts and my thoughts alone. Just the inside of your head and nothing else for eternity. Since that incident, things haven't been the same for me until this day. And I'm thinking about all types of stuff. I'm thinking about no matter where I go, faces appear somewhere around me. From chip bags to trees, clouds, book bags, somewhere in the window, TV screen, and more. I was attacked once. A man appeared while I was in the back room and started pulling and climbing up my legs. For the life of me, I couldn't get good enough support with my arms and hands to get up. Now I must take a pause and say that I saw something that scared me so much that I'm terrified I've lost my mind. I can't tell you whether it's real or fake. I can only tell you what I've seen in my mind. My mother came back there just to check on me and saw me kicking at something she couldn't see. I stood up and stepped into the kitchen. By this time, she was scared as hell and already moved back into the living room doorway looking at me like I was psychotic. I remember looking at her, telling her not to leave me alone. She said that she wouldn't, and I remember turning around to see where the man was. He was just there, and we got the fighting. After that, I don't know. All I know is when my mind came back too, I was still fighting this man for the life of me and I could not see his face at all, only a shadow. But I could see a green shirt, a green hat, and blue jeans. He started to beat me like crazy with very hard punches to the point that I thought I was going to die. Eventually, I came to again and I was begging an empty room not to hit me. My mother called the police by then and they just started to knock on the door. After answering, I told them everything and ended up going to a mental hospital for the day. Now I'm afraid to be alone in any building. But the scariest part about seeing things is that all of them look like they're from the devil itself. Very demon-looking and evil-looking. 
and I wonder if that means I'm already going to hell. Each day I'm seeing things out of the corner of my eye more often than not. It even started major chest pains and weird feelings in my legs and feet. So the question is, are they telling me a message? Telling me or letting me know that my time is near? I think I'm dying. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true and unexplained horror stories that will straight up freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to slap that like button, just because why not? Slapping things is nice to do in the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, be sure to attack the subscription button. If it's red, that's no good. Be sure you have notifications on so you don't miss a new video as I upload them almost every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you want to download your favorite scary stories and listen to them no matter where you are, you can download them from YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online, and it's absolutely free to do so. If you are listening on a podcast platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a five-star rating over there as it helps the show grow a ton and is very much appreciated. I'd love to know what was your favorite story in the comments down below. Be sure to let me know, and I will see you all soon with another creepy and allegedly true horror story video.